salto.nl. Je luistert naar Radio Zuidoost. 24 uur per dag vanuit het hart van de Belmer via kabel. Listen to Voice of Niger on Radio Razo every Monday from 6 o'clock to 10 o'clock in the morning for your spiritual lessons and upliftment. For community news, your interviews, special requests, and others, tune into 105.2 MHz ETA and 103.8 MHz on cable. We delight and entertain you. Hey, we, we also, also have more stuff coming your way. We have business matters. We have social and educational matters. We have health and healing matters. We also have legal matters. For more information, call us on 020-368-1968. We delight and entertain you. Voice of Niger on Radio Razo every Monday from 6 to 10 a.m. Razo. Voice of Ninja is right here to promote your business. Yes, your social events, weddings, birthday parties, baby ceremonies, graduation, anniversaries, engagements. All your events can be promoted right here on Voice of Ninja. Yes, you heard me right. Don't know about you because you're not promoting your business. We can bring you the awareness that you need for all those revivals, seminars, special events, conferences, church services, your Sunday services, your social events, weddings, birthday parties, baby ceremonies, graduation, anniversaries, engagements. Call us today right now at 06-846-06-550. That's 06-846-06-550. Voice of Ninja, your place to advertise. Health is wealth, they say. But good health is a treasure built on good knowledge and preventive measures. The Helios study, aimed at a better healthcare for people in Amsterdam, is focused on the health of Ghanaians, four other migrant groups and Dutch people. The baseline Helios study is already having a major impact in improving health of people in Amsterdam, including Ghanaians. The process for the study consists of invitations sent to previous participants in the Helios baseline study, a set of questionnaires to answer, and bodily checks for blood pressure level, overweight, blood sugar, and other cases leading to heart-related diseases. Participants will be invited every five years to monitor change in their health. The next stage of the study is now in progress and will provide crucial information to further help to improve the health of Ghanaians. Your full participation is highly valued and will go a long way to help ensure a better healthcare for you and future generations. For more information, please visit www.heliastudy.nl The Helios Study is amongst others an initiative of AMC and GGD Amsterdam and supported by Ghanaian churches in Amsterdam and the African Social Activation Platform, ESOP. Do you worry about money problems or debt? Then, you are not the only one. If you ask Madi for help on time, you can prevent things from getting worse. Together, we will be able to look at your financial situation and possible solutions. Don't wait too long to ask Madi for help. Call Tikti Madi on 020-314-1618. That is 020-314-1618 for an appointment. Or come to our working hours at one of the Madi locations near you. You can also apply online for help. 
For more information, go to www.madizo.nl. Madizo, that is M-A-D-I-Z-O. Madi will be ready to help you, and it's all free of charge. Hope to see you soon. When you know that you know that you know what his ability is. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. And I know sometimes in situations like tonight, people may sit and look at you like you're crazy. But if you don't know my pain, you will never understand my praise. Because over 20 years ago, I had a nervous breakdown. And the doctor said I would never get well. I was on welfare. I was divorced. I was broken. But today, the bomb in Gilead has made me whole. And that's why I worship him. It don't matter what you think. ship without a sail that would be tossed to and fro with no direction but I found him to be a doctor in the sick room I found him to be a lawyer in the courtroom I found him to be a healer oh somebody ought to bless it if you sicken your body he's tonight you can come out you say sister how do I get out praise your way out can I get somebody to praise your way out you might be sitting next to somebody that may not need a miracle but tell them I have an emergency That's why I don't care how long it takes. I don't mind waiting. No, I don't think you heard what I said. I don't care how long it takes. If it takes him 20 years, because the Bible said if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So guess what? I'm not just waiting on God. I'm waiting in God. Because I know he holds my destiny. And the Bible said he knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come out. Somebody just start shouting. If you know that he's making a 
don't mind waiting on the Lord. Early one morning in 5 a.m. prayer, I had finished the prayer on Tuesday morning and I had raised the sacrificial offering and the presence of the Lord filled the room. And I was going through a mighty trial at the time and the Spirit of the Lord dropped these words and this song in my spirit. And I just started singing and it has become my anthem. And when I can't see my way out of the situation and the devil trying to make me frustrated because it looks like God ain't moving, I turn around and tell him, devil, I don't mind waiting. Somebody just start shouting that. Shout it back in the face of the enemy. Let the devil know that whatever you tried, it ain't going to work because I don't mind waiting. Dr. Penny. Thank you, Jesus.
Well, I'd like to say good morning and welcome to our Good Morning Show. My name is Apostle Larry Dogano. It's a joy to be together with you again. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We'd like to kick off with a word of prayer and uh, and to commit this session into the hands of the Lord. So wherever you are, let's agree together to pray. And so, Lord, we thank you this morning. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for soundness of mind, soundness of health. Thank you that you are our shield and protection when the world is being ravaged by this pandemic and by the fear and the terror. My God, you are our shield and our protection. Thank you this morning for every household, every person we are reaching right now. We send for your healing power, your protective power, and your goodness upon everyone and to everyone's life and home, that they shall be protected and safe from the, the, the threat of uh, the ongoing plague of, uh, of coronavirus. We want to thank you that no harm shall come nigh our dwelling because you're our protection, our shield at all times. I pray this hour that this session shall be blessed and that you will speak to us and touch somebody's life with the items which will be broadcast this morning. Thank you, Father. Bless our nation, bless our land, bless our leaders, bless our king and his family, bless the government, bless all those in authority, bless all the men and women of God, all those who are doing something sacrificially for the good of all. Bless them, O oh God. Thank you for our households and our loved ones, our family members. Reach out to everyone, bless and protect, because it's your glorious and marvelous name. Amen, Jesus. Thank you for granting this prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As usual this morning we'll be treating you to some fine fine gospel music and not only that you'll be hearing the word of god as usual and then we will treat you to a very special item uh, in the second hour of our show but for now let's your soul soak in the worship the praise and inspirational items coming your way right now That is food for your soul. So receive it all. Let it bless and nourish you. Enrich you. Give you the inner strength you need 
for today's work for this week. In Jesus' name.
At this juncture, I'd like to bring to you uh, the song of today. Now, this morning's psalm is taken from Psalm 112. Psalm 112. It says, Praise ye the Lord, blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endure forever. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid. When until he sees his desire upon his enemies. He have dispersed, he have given to the poor, his righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Amen. Your name be praised. Wherever you are, just feel free to praise the Lord and worship Him. You know, the soul, the soul, the therapy for the soul is to give worship to God. It's to express gratitude. When you do that, you will feel whole inside out. You will be whole completely. I can guarantee you that because the soul was is made to live and to depend upon God and to Draw life and strength from the Spirit of the Living God. And so uh, it is always helpful that you allow your soul to express itself to its Creator. Remember, you're not made by stones or wood or whatever, you are made by the Living God.
Okay, now it's time for the Word of God. And I'm glad and honored to present to you this morning, Apostle Helen Ruth Dockenau. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, somebody. I'm glad to be coming your way this hour. As you have heard, my name is Apostle Helen Ruth Dockenau of Rivers of Love Bible Church. I'm positioned this moment to bring a few words of exhortation to you. Um, let's pray. Father, we thank you and we bless you. We give you praise for a bright new day you've just given unto us again. We thank you for the gift of life. Holy Spirit, please take absolute control and use these lips of clay for the glory of your name. I pray that you touch the ears of our hearers, that they would, O oh God, hear the word of God without any distraction and let it minister to them life. Be glorified, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all the saints joyfully say, Big Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> honestly speaking, I really want to encourage us from my heart, deep down my heart, even though I'm going to uh, read some scriptures, but I just want to talk about signs of um, mature Christians. Why is this important? It's very, very important uh, for us in Christendom to try to grow. When we grow in our spiritual dealings, when we grow and become mature Christians, the job will become easier and the world will become better. Because sometimes it baffles me why people easily get irritated and, and why maturity is not being displayed among us even when we say we are Christians. Therefore, if you are listening to this broadcast and you are a Christian, I am encouraging you to grow, encouraging you to become mature. When people are mature, there are certain things we see in them. So if you are mature in the Lord, you will show up with the attitudes of Christ. Can I hear amen? You will be like Christ. People will see you and see me and we will become readable. We will become readable. They may not necessarily go to the Bible to read, but our exemplary lifestyle will depict, will show, and will promote and lift up Christ in the nation that we are in. Say a big amen. The Bible tells me in the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 11, from verse 20, from verse 22, let's read. It says, Then the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. The news, the good news, of what was happening around after the crucifixion, uh, the, of, of, um, after the stoning of uh, Stephen and the church have scattered by that time. People have gone to various places. They have taken, they have hidden themselves in some areas, you know, the disciples of Jesus. So what happened was that there was much persecution, but 
in the midst of the persecution, things were still happening among them. The Bible said the news of these things, what great things that was happening, reached the church in Jerusalem. And they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad. And he encouraged them all that were with purpose of heart that they should continue with the Lord. Hallelujah. They continue with the Lord. That means he encouraged the disciples. They have scattered. They have gone to places, run to different cities and different villages. But the power of God was still with them. Why? Because they, they, that seed that had been sown in them, the seed of salvation, went with them wherever they were. They were, they were genuinely converted and became followers of Christ. So if you are a child of God and you say you are a Christian, you must be genuinely converted. You must genuinely leave the old nature. Genuinely repent. Genuinely confess your sins. And then take Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. And then when you have genuinely done this, things, I'm telling you, there is no way the old nature will be showing up and, will, and grow the new nature of Christ, which is in you. Though you may still have the old body, but through the confession that you have made, you have obtained salvation. That means you've been salvation, you've been saved from your wretchedness. You've been saved from the old nature. You've been saved from the things that have the power to destroy. And now you've put on Christ. That means you are now having the semblance of Christ in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, grow up. Say, grow, become a mature Christian. It is so sweet when you become a mature Christian. That's the time God can trust you with things. He can trust I mean, just like in the natural, you cannot give a child what he can handle. Many of us are crying and telling, Papa God, please do this, do this, do this. Daddy, do this, do this. Father in heaven, please do this, do this. But we are not getting them because he is expecting some certain level of maturity which we are not displaying. So he cannot give to you that which you are craving for because you are not mature. When you give a child that is craving for fire because he's looking at the flame and it is very, very interesting to him. And you put that fire in his hand, it will burn him. So certain things we are craving, but because we are not mature, we can't receive them. So if you want to be receiving from God, please grow and be mature. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Bible said, this guy traveled. They went, went as far as to go and be looking for Saul. And the Bible also said the same Barnabas they said that he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the church. So then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that 
For a whole year, they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. When they were sending somebody to go and meet Saul, after they have heard that this Saul had become converted, they didn't just send somebody who was a novice. They didn't just send somebody who is like a yo-yo. They sent forth a man. A man that was written in the Bible as a good man. Full of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible said, he was also full of faith. So look at the qualities of my child. He was what? A good man. A good man. The Bible called him a good man. The Bible called him a man that was uh, full of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit? See? He was full of it. And then the Bible also said he, he was a man full of faith. <laughs> so, do you see that? You see? The goodness of God in the life of this man began to be manifested to the point that people can testify that indeed he was a good man, he was full of the Holy Spirit, and he was full of faith. Why did they send such a man to go and meet Saul? Because they know that he wasn't just going to go and meet another person, he was just going to go and meet somebody who have once been persecuting the church, who was full of wisdom, who was, you know, who have become too learned in the secular world. So they needed somebody that would have, would be able to contend this man to go and meet him and bring him. So the goodness he displayed made them, made others who saw them to now say, indeed, these are Christians. Christians means followers of Christ. Are you hearing me? That word Christian means a follower. And a follower of Christ is a disciple. Or a disciple is a follower of Christ. Then the question is, if you become a matured Christian, then you are now a disciple. And then my question is, are you a disciple? Are you really, really a true follower of Christ? This morning, I encourage you to know that you can only be called that word, that name, Christian, when they have seen people, the outside world, have seen that you are really displaying the nature of Christ. Let me read what I saw. Somebody posted on Facebook or WhatsApp, and it really touched me. Qualities of a matured Christian. Say, one, they speak the truth at all time. It's beautiful. Do you speak the truth? And I, I agree, I concur with that. Do you speak the truth? Are you saying something on Sunday and then the Monday you are another person? Today now is Monday. Some of us will be going to work and some of us are on the way and some of us have already reached. What sort of language do you speak there among your colleagues that will make them know that you are a follower of Christ? Yesterday you've been in church shouting and praising God. But I encourage that that same joy and that same way you displayed yesterday, you will display it in your environment this very day and this very week. The Bible said, 
They are good listeners. Are you a good, a good listener or are you a talker? Good listeners. You see, those who follow Christ, a mature Christian must be able to be a good listener. Because without you listening, very good. How would you be able to assimilate? How would you understand when the correct message is coming? How would you hear from God? So today we have people who will just go on their knees and they pray, 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 they rattle and rattle and they, they just get up. They don't even care to know what God is saying to them. Please grow up and be matured. Because when you grow and you are matured, you will be able to know what is the will of God, an acceptable will of God for you in this very season. As long as you are praying every day, God will speak to you. I pray that you will become a good listener so that you don't only speak to God, but you learn to listen. Mature Christians, they hardly take offense. Wow, I love this one. Yes, even the Bible tells us offense will abound and offense will come. But woe unto the person from whom offense cometh. Because of offense, people leave the body of Christ. Because of offense, people leave relationships. Because of offense, people are wounded and they leave their jobs. Because of offense, nobody is ready to trust anybody. But matured Christians can go through offense. They can, you know, they can put up. They can, they can really endure offense and overcome it. <laughs> you don't need to break out from relationships when offense comes up, but but endure it and go through it, and that will be a very good mark. That people will look into your life and say, Ah, this man, this woman, she doesn't take offense, so you can say anything. And she has a way of just playing through the whole thing and then offense doesn't stay continuously. It comes and it goes. So that the, your ability to handle it when it comes would what will show that you are a mature Christian. Look at this. He said, mature Christians are quick to forgive. Is it true? Yes, it is. Without forgiveness, your sins can never be written off. So if you want your sins to be written off by God the Father, you also must learn to forgive. You forgive and then you can go before God boldly because you're forgiving somebody else and then you can also ask God to forgive you. But what do we have? Immature Christians are not. It's, when I talk about immature, I'm not talking about just uh, people who are not a group. I'm talking about people who have even been in, in church for, for, for years, but they have not grown to become mature because of little, little spurbles here and there. They take offense, they carry unforgiveness, and, 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 they, and they carry bitterness, and they, they sow that seed of bitterness from generation to generation. They are never happy worshiping God. Today I pray that you will become, you will be, you will be set free. I pray that the Lord will help you. Let me tell you, mature Christians are reliable. Can God trust you? In the midst of storm, are you reliable? Can 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 your overseer trust you? Can those can those that have been you have been worshiping with can they trust you? Or are you the type immediately a new church comes in town, you jump and then you move to that. And then you lie, 
you are once a member when you were in Africa, so the church has come here and now then you have to jump. There was this lady, within two years, this person have gone to four churches. And I begin to wonder, how come? What are they really looking for? Going from one place to place to place to place. You are not matured. As long as you are not matured, you can never be trusted with anything tangible. May God set us free from immaturity. And just to end up this because of my time, mature Christians are supportive. You see, they support. They stand with you. Just like uh, 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 when Moses went to the mountain, you, you see Joshua and the rest of Caleb and the nun, they are healed. They had to put something in their hands and they, they, they had to carry up the hand of the man of God so that he can, sustain, can be sustained in prayer. Are you supportive? In what way are you supporting the work of God? In what way are you standing with Christendom? Are you supportive? Or you are the type who will complain of what you know and what you do not know. And immediately you go to church, they are talking about raising funds for one thing or the other. You're checking out. You just quickly go because that's why you don't want to hear about it. You, if you have that nature, God can never trust you with anything. I pray that you will grow up and you will become mature. I pray that maturity will find you, that you yourself will determine to grow as a child of God. I'm leaving you with this word this very week, and I believe that it must have long. It will bless you. You see, why Barnabas was trusted to go and search for a man like a uh, uh, son? It was just because they have seen that if he goes, he, he, he was full of the Holy Spirit. And there was no rattling from Paul or Saul that will, that will make him not to trust in what he has believed, which is in Christ. And they know that he wasn't going by his capacity. He was full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. Can your church trust you to, to, to go and fetch those who have backslided or who are persecuting Christ, persecuting the world? Without you going there, if they, put, if they present you a philosopher, you will, you will just sit there and then the philosopher will dazzle you. You are not matured. Because if you know what you have believed in, you will stand firm and you know, proclaim Christ no matter the environment you are in. I pray that the Lord will make us mature Christians. I pray that he will make us mature Christians, that we will not go about just going to church like nominal Christians, but we will desire to become mature in that which we profess. May God bless you and keep you, and may he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you as you walk through this whole week. In Jesus' name, I pray with thanksgiving. Say a big amen. Remember, this has come to you from my humble self, Apostle Henry, talking of Rivers of Life Bible Church. You can join us every Sunday in Rikers verse number 89 from 10, from 10 o'clock. I look forward to hearing from you. Stay blessed and keep listening to Radio Voice of Niger. Bye for now. the powerful word of God from the Apostle Helen Rufdocker the director of Radio Niger
Well, before we hit the hour of nine o'clock, I would like to bring to you a piece of the pastoral forum. So just stand by. Uh, he is a lecturer in um, a 
eschatology seminary Tyndale Theological the Seminary, thank you, uh, here in Bad Hooverdorp. And I would like to use this opportunity to thank uh, the, the, the Dean and the staff of uh, uh, Tyndale for granting this opportunity that we may bring uh, to you this very special interview. Uh, welcome, Dr. Peter, for uh, to Voice of Niger today. Thank you very much, Larry. It's a joy to be here. Uh huh. Well. Well, first of all, I would like you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself um, and your ba- and also your background uh, as far as this topic is concerned. Mm-hmm. Well, I did not grow up in a Christian home, mm-hmm. uh, but when I was 17 and went away to study, yeah. I met some believers, and they told me about Jesus Christ. And very quickly, it became clear to me that the message of Jesus Christ is the truth. Through studying the book of Hebrews and through the life witness of this fellowship, I was deeply convicted of my own need uh, for salvation in Christ and gave my life to him. Um, I've been very thankful for God's grace at that moment and every moment since then. When I had lived um, for a short time in this fellowship for a year or two, I realized that the Lord was uh, calling me into ministry. And so I set off first to study at Bible College in Mm -hmm. Philadelphia Mm -hmm. and then attended seminary in Portland, Oregon in the United States and finally in Dallas, Texas, where I got a a doctorate in systematic theology. Then uh, shortly after graduating from Dallas, I came over to the Netherlands and have been serving here for 22 years as a missionary with Greater Europe Mission. I've done church planting and have been working for about 15 years with Tyndale Seminary. Awesome, awesome. We thank God for all he's put into you and uh, we hope to, to, to gain some. He actually criticized the Pharisees. He said to them, you know, you see uh, the the, the sun turning red at night and you say tomorrow will be fair weather. Yes. And then he went on to say, but you fail to interpret the the signs of the times. See, Jesus looked at these people and uh, were living in a world like our own in many many ways. Mm -hmm. And and here one of the greatest prophets. Because though they studied the scriptures, uh, they were reading them with their own hopes. They were placing their own hopes into the scripture, mm-hmm. rather than uh, rather than listening to the to the plain testimony of, of the Bible. But I think it's quite scary because uh, here were religious uh, leaders of that time, mm-hmm. and yeah, they, 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 they couldn't discern the fact that the Messiah they've been waiting for was right in their midst. Yes. So it, it places us also in a very which we popularly refer to as a rapture, where uh, believers will be re- resurrected. Uh, and those who are dead will resurrect, and those yes. who are living will be uh, tra- translated yeah. mm-hmm. uh, to meet the Lord in the air. Yeah. And then the second part being uh, when he visibly uh, descends from heaven, Touches his feet on Mount Elis. Yes. And begins uh, his millennial reign. Yes. Those are the three events you're talking about here. Yes. Yes. Okay. I prefer to speak of them as one event. One event. Uh, but with two parts. Well, at this juncture, I would like to bring closer to the peace of the pastoral forum. Uh, if you wish to um, listen to the whole episode. You can go to our website, radiovoiceofniger.org. Just type the Pastoral Forum. Search Pastoral Forum Second Coming. It would bring up the particular broadcast. Okay, thank you.
Let's change the beat. I'm going to bring it to you for our final segment. A special item titled Raising Children into Cultures. As you know, we are very multicultural in this society. And there, and that comes with, you know, that uh, situation, challenges and opportunities as well in raising children in multiple cultures. So spend the next uh, uh, 45 minutes or so with me to learn something. And of course, you're welcome to have your say too. And the studio lines will be open throughout the broadcast. Share your thoughts. on the topic which is very interesting 
and that is from Raising Children in Two Cultures. Raising children in two cultures or in different cultures may be interesting but could be challenging. Nonetheless, this is an obligation which keeps falling on the shoulders of young and old parents as people travel more and get mixed up with cultures other than their own. It appears that there are times when the breeding environment either helps or hinders or creates problems for the migrant children and their parents. So much of the time, only the best is intended, but is the best thought out actually realized in these children. So to discuss this matter in depth on the intricacies of raising children in two different cultures, we have mothers who have children. They are here in the studio and they are going to tell us their personal experiences and then we can learn something, whether it has been too difficult or too easy for them to raise their children into cultures. So we encourage you to join us either on Facebook, on Radio Voice of Niger, or you also join us live on Majesty TV, or you can call us on the studio line, which is 020-3374-160, and give us your own take on this very topic. So I will allow my guests to introduce themselves. So, we have a mother who is seated here. Please look into the camera and tell our audience who you are. I start with you. I'm Gifty Tometi. Yeah. And I'm in Holland, but I'm coming from Germany. All right. Thank you, Gifty, for being with us. Thank you. I'm sure you're the mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go to the next. I am Ezine Cecilia Achon. I'm a woman. Mm -hmm. I have uh, four grown-up children and uh, a, a grandmother. Yes. I know what it means to reach to reach children in two different cultures. Yes. Thank you, Ezine. Thank you for being here. Let's go to the back. <laughs> yeah, I'm Rejoice Doche. I'm a, mod a mother of three. Yes. Right. Yes, let's have the, the last but not the least. Yes, I'm Caroline. I'm a mother of four girls. <laughs> <laughs> You're raising them here? Yes, I'm raising them here in two cultures. And it's very challenging. Wow. <laughs> All right, you have heard it. And uh, we are zooming up now. So, ladies, please. Feel free to give us your experiences. What do you do in connection with raising your children? How did you do it? We're going to be speaking spontaneously, so if you have something to say, just grab the mic and then you need to roll up. So tell us how did you, how were you, tell our listeners how you were able to raise your children in, the, in this culture. Yes.
some um, raising children coming from Africa and raising children in Holland. Um, sometimes what I think about raising children, you try to raise children the way you are raised up yourself. Okay. That's what you know. Mm. So, but if you have to live in another person's, uh, uh, like Europe, mm -hmm. then people will expect you to raise your kids like the Europeans, which uh, you don't know how. You will raise your children the way you are raised up. So, um, some of the things we do to the yes. children or we think that is the normal, like uh, when we spank children. In Africa, we, the parents spank children when they misbehave, or sometimes we think they are harsh on them. But this is the way you are raised. You don't even, you don't know how to raise your children otherwise. This is what you know. That's the way I look at it. So when somebody goes outside and says, oh, you are harsh on your children, mm. <coughs> you would think you are bringing your child, your child and your children up. Because mm -hmm. no, no mother means harm for her children. Mm -hmm. You think you are doing fine, you are doing so that your children will not uh, grow up to be useless. But sometimes uh, it backfires. Okay. <laughs> sometimes it backfires. Yeah. So, yes. But um, it's, it doesn't, it's not easy for us, for Africans, African mothers, but it depends anyway. Some, some people in their families had it uh, harsh. You are raised mm -hmm. with a harsh uh, uh, treatment. Yeah. Some not. Okay. So I think you bring people, you do what you learn from your parents, you convert your own children. Okay. But think sometimes also, um, you might think that, oh, I was, uh, my parents were harsh on me. I wouldn't give that to my children. I, it depends. And some would think, oh, this is the best way. What the parents, um, the way I was raised, that's why I'm strong now. Mm -hmm. They woke me up early in the morning to go and fetch water. Mm -hmm. Man, that what makes me very strong. Mm -hmm. If I allow people to be raised like European children, who even at the age of uh, five years still in the buggy, so you will not uh, watch anything. So you see them raising their voices up like yeah, that. Yeah. So they mean good for their children. Because mm. nobody wants their children to be to be useless in life. That's what we believe. Okay, let's say for more please. Okay, what uh, our sister said is true. Raising a child in Europe, you know, it's not easy. There are challenges. And um, like she said, the beginning, you have that training, you have the mentality from Africa. Yeah. So you wanted to do the same with the children, but you could see that it's very difficult because if you don't take care, uh, the children may not understand. And what they receive in school and what they have been telling them is different from, you know, at times even in, let's say in Germany, I don't know, here in uh, Holland, when they start like uh, uh, um, a primary school, they tell them that if you are being spunk, you can call police or something like that, you know. But uh, with time, 
then you, the mother, will I learn that no, I have to be talking to them also. You know, when you correct, the, the, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't correct a child. You need to correct them, but when you correct them also, you need to look, let, you let them sit down, and then you talk to them eyeball, and that will work. But really, it wasn't easy, because if care is not taken, by training them because others in, 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 in the friends that they have or wherever they go they don't see them maybe uh, beating a child or whatever so that child would think you are maltreating him or her mm, so it's it's not something that is very easy okay. yeah all right let's take a turn right um yeah so far so good um I think raising up children in two cultures is really is a very difficult uh, thing because there are so many things you have to balance. You're trying to balance probably your own culture that you don't pro don't even know to the fullest, and then you're balancing it with a culture that you yourself have to learn. And so um, there are times when um, it was very hard for the kids to understand why why I do what I do. But then, the, what I re realized, like she said, um, is that you have to be able to explain to the kids why you are doing what you are doing. So I give you a clear example. There was a day I sent one of my daughters, I said uh, she has to go and pick something for my friend. And then she said to me, Mama, but you, you cannot just send me like that. You have to ask my opinion. <laughs> then I pulled up by the side. I said, "What did you say?" <laughs> I said, "All right, we are going to talk about it. But first, you have to go get the thing for me and come back." She said, "Okay." And when she came back, then I asked her, "Who told you that?" She said, "Youth." She said, "Youth." in her school told her that I need to ask her opinion mm -hmm. before I can send her. <laughs> and so I had to sit that down and I said, the next time you say that to me, mm -hmm. we are going to have an issue because that is not right. Mm -hmm. So here's the deal. I'm going to make a deal with you. Mm -hmm. When you go to school tomorrow, tell you that there is a rule in school and in my house there are rules in my house uh -huh. and so the rules in my house work in my house and let the rules in the school work in the school yeah. is that okay she said okay mama but <laughs> since then she never asked me again mama ask my opinion before you send me yeah <laughs> so me too we, we are all learning and uh, the issue of the rights of children you know the rights of children coming on and uh, all this stuff we have to learn as parents so it's very challenging yeah, for yeah. us to be candid yeah it's very challenging for parents here to raise children in this in this in this culture thank you so much <laughs> i'm just laughing well somebody's commenting here this is me he says communication between mother and the kids must be very good. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's and what I want to say. Integration of mother into the Dutch society is very important to guide mm -hmm. the kids. Mm -hmm. Do we agree? Okay. Yeah, that's also, that's exactly says, what I wanted to say. It is important that mothers show love 
to their kids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. So um, are we then establishing that um, raising two raising children in two cultures is a plus or a minus? Uh, you establish that. Is it a plus or is it a minus? It should be a plus. Explain, explain from that then. Yeah, the reason why I'm saying that it's a plus is, um, okay, we are from Africa. Maybe you brought your children from Africa to this place, or even you, if you have uh, brought them for, from this in this place, the thing is you have to explain to them how and why and when and what to do. Because they will always, if you tell them to do this and that, they will tell, they will ask you question. Why should I do it? Why should I uh, uh, say this? Or why did you do this thing? You know. So and uh, you have to explain to them. But in Africa, you dare not ask your father or your mother why and what and blah. Because you ask when your mother tells you something, you can't ask so why you why should why shouldn't I do this? You say I shouldn't go this uh, to this place or blah blah blah. You you can't ask that question because when you ask, they will tell you that you you don't respect. Why should you challenge me? But here they give them the freedom of speech mm. to express themselves. So we as parents too, we have to do what uh, talk with them, sit with them, and explain things with them or to them and but most of most of the time we don't do that when they our children are asking us questions then we become angry instead of having time for them to explain the things or the situation to them but so to me it's a plus because here they have the freedom to ask questions so that is why they have the uh, scoop of knowledge yeah but i have come to realize that most of the kids we raise here yeah. are either controlling their parents mm -hmm. because we we tend to pamper them so much yeah. to the point that we don't correct them anymore. So I see them like they 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 have the financing in anything that goes on in the home. Not the parents having the financing, but the kids now are having the financing. So it's like it's difficult for them to um really submit under the authority of their parents. Rather, I see parents submitting to them, except those ones who really are in the Lord. That means they go to church, and because they go to church, they learn in the church is where they go. So they try to practice the Bible in their, in their home. But most of the time, I see that in the society, children tend to have upper hand more than their they have more say. They, they, it's like they control their parents. Can I come in, please? I've seen that in most African African families being raised there. It's that the kids control their, 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 their parents. It's like the parents have nothing to say anymore. So it's only what they say is the final. Yeah, you can say something. Yeah, uh, that, in that case, it's from the parents. Because if uh, you and as uh, the comment, the person who sent the comment said, you have to have good communication with your children, so that if any, because they can call you, I, I delivered you, I am your father or I'm, I am your mother, 
so you can't control me so if the, if you are doing something which is not right i have to tell you that no don't go this way don't do this you know, or this thing that you have done is is not right mm -hmm. you know and most of them too when they are going they go to school the parents don't follow up they they don't go and check whether oh my daughter or my son uh, is in the school because because of work we concentrate so much of work that we don't care about our children's safety in school or uh, the way they uh, whatever they, uh, if they are going to school to learn really because back home we have we all have the same uniform to wear school uniform to wear but here you wear anything to school mm -hmm. and if you see some of the children the way they dress even you won't know that they are going to school <laughs> so you how you as a parent you have to have time for your child or your children to find out whether is is she doing well in school did she go to school regular does she go to school regularly and all those things but we don't do that and whatever the uh, the child or the children demand that is what we give whether you have it or not you are forced to give which is not right yeah. Because if your uh, your your child is wearing a dress to to, to uh, or brings to the house, which is which you didn't buy, you have you have the right to ask. But we don't do that. Then we say, oh, you know, these uh, Abruzzi children, these children that we have brought forth in uh, uh, in Europe, mm -hmm. you can't control them because they will call police for you. Mm -hmm. Is the policeman controlling your controlling your child or your children? Because they also have uh, discipline their children in, in, at home. So we also have to discipline our children, but it is so. To me, it is the it is the uh, the parents. Um, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What I'm trying to say is, uh, this is totally uh, on. Uh, we can't imagine a, a woman, a mother, mm -hmm. with three children, mm -hmm. and throw them behave differently. What is the cause of all this? One is totally stubborn. Another one is just calm. Mm -hmm. So the stubborn one, how do you treat that one? Is it from school or is it from home? And the, the, the calm one, is it your teaching or from school? So some that things we don't understand about life sometimes. Eh? Yeah. So when you're a stubborn child, your parents cannot keep on talking. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they use on your hand. Yeah. Think, trying to correct you. Yeah. So because some children have when you ask a child to sit and then just sit, do this and how can you be harsh on that child? No. Mm. Someone's totally stubborn, very stubborn that even if you say, like the one in Nigeria, now flog, they go flog me. Like they flog, 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 and they tire. <laughs> See, because she's used to flogging. Yeah. <laughs> now she become a millionaire by her stubbornness. She <laughs> said, they flog, flog until they tire. But she's used to flogging. So, because she's flogging cannot. Correct her. Yeah, yeah. I mean. yes. yeah. Not even at school. Yeah. So this type of child you can have them in Africa, you can also have them in Europe. Mm. Yeah. But here in Europe, people try to Europeans, they have no problem. Their child can you know can nurse your baby for at least five years in a buggy, no problem. But in Africa it's not like that. If you are not strong, you will lose. Your parents mm. will lose because we uh, when children grow up, they take care of their parents. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, government take care of uh, old mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. So you want your child to be wise and uh, uh, strong, now uh, industrious, hardworking. Mm -hmm. So when you see that one going going left, it's for it's because it's your problem, not your yeah. problem. Mm -hmm. When that child spoils, the problem comes mm -hmm. on the on the on the family. Yeah. At a later age, when the mother will come, where is my son or my child? It's nowhere to be to be, to be found because mm -hmm. because of the way 
police because of uh, police uh, if you do I call police for you or something like that mm -hmm. then you leave that child to to jump inside bush mm -hmm. except if you try to use a, 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 a iron hand the child also because it comes worse so mm -hmm. sometimes we don't know how to you know go about uh, raising kids in the two different cultures or mm -hmm. Yeah, and what I say is that, uh, you know, some mothers also, uh, I think they need to be, somebody need to, you know, guide them. Mm -hmm. Because who am I saying that? Because some don't even know how to do it because that is not our culture. Even though that we have stubborn children in Africa, but still, many are being corrupt here, you know, because of the mothers don't know how to handle. Because when they go and they said, that is how you have to treat the child. If you do something, the child will call the police so that the mother is afraid. But instead for the mother to be courageous and said no, you call your kids, like she said, that you have to go to school. That my children, when they were in elementary school, from, from the nursery to the elementary school, I want to know your friend, when you said this is your friend, I want to know who is the parent of your friend. So I follow them, I go to the house and see, but if I see that, no, this will not help you, I said no, she can't be your friend. So how did they make them feel? Let me ask them. How how have you felt seeing that your mother corrected your put camera on them, please? Honey, how did you feel seeing that your mother corrected uh, your friendship? Um. So uh, personally, it was because we were younger, so we didn't really understand why she did it, yeah. or even um why other friends could hang out with other people or even with sleepovers that people could sleep over with these people. So we couldn't really understand because we were young. But as we grew up and as our relationship with our mom kind of like got stronger and we understood more, um, we realized that what she was doing was right and that she only did it out of love. Mm -hmm. And now that we are older, both of us, um, it's like a good thing that we heard and didn't like do what we really wanted to do in that sense of. Wow, awesome, awesome. So, um, so um, do you do you, do you see then do you see your mom uh, as a better mom? Yeah, I think so. Like I personally, or we, I can talk for us both. Um, I feel like we see her as a strong woman mm -hmm. because, like, raising up two children in this culture like yeah. in in a culture where like she came here and everything is new and everything is different and even have to do everything that she did it's really amazing and mm -hmm. even with us i might say i mean she is the the quieter one of us both so i gave her more stress than normally but even with how i was like stubborn or even did stuff that weren't appropriate or weren't really good she still kind of like put me under her wings or us yes. both under her wings and that's why i'm just kind of like grateful for having her as a mom yeah and that she just fought for us throughout the whole journey that yeah. we're in so awesome yeah. awesome uh, and um, the way you see your mom relates with you 
when I mean you, both of you, mm -hmm. um, do you see other African moms renting to their children that way? I mean, just have you been to Africa before? Once, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, when you were in Africa, I mean, you must have seen some little, little things. The way, yeah. parents, the, way, the way parents relate with kids. I think uh, the relationship between parents and kids were different just because it was more tense than yeah. it was between us now. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's maybe the difference. And here in Germany, like, um, it's like we can talk more, but even we have boundaries. So it's not like we can talk freely as we want to, but we still have to have that respect. And I feel like it's also like that in Africa, but just a bit like much more tense than it would be here. The, the tension, is it coming from the parents or is it coming from the case? I mean, what do you think in your own little understanding uh, could be breeding the tension? I would, I is it that think the, the parents there do not, they only speak with harshness or? I think it's also because the kids can talk freely yeah. or even move freely. So that means they just have to listen and do as they're told. Yes, like zombies. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah. can, you can see that. Do right? as they're told. <laughs> yeah, do as they're told. Yeah. yeah. No. No. Do as they're told. Yeah. Now, now, now you said uh, your sister is the quiet one. Oh. You not. <laughs> Would you wish to be like your sister or remain as you are? Because yes. being quiet, you see, has something good. Yeah. She's better. No, that's yeah. I'm asking. I'm asking. Is she better? Do you would you like to say, oh, my sister is quiet, let me be like her, or you want her to be like you? Which one do you prefer? <laughs> it's a hard question, but I think everyone should stay as they are. So everyone should Correct. be as God created yes. them. So in that sense of Good I wouldn't want to be quiet because God made me the way I am yeah. and even though it was hard and I had to learn harder the hard way sometimes I think like even with learning the way I did and how my mom corrected me mm -hmm. it made me to the person that I am today yeah so if I would be quiet I mean she has she has learned things too in her own ways and even if she did stuff but I feel like me being me it's the experience that I took since I was a child with my mom, that made me now to who I am, if that makes sense. Yeah. Then do you think those extremely stubborn ones, God made them that way? <laughs> they choose to be that way. What can the parents do to correct those extremely stubborn children? Because they are big, they will bring problems for, to the families. Are we going to say, yes, that's the way God created them, they should continue that way? Or what do you think, my little girl? God bless that's, you. Know. That's hard. Um, I think. I don't think God made everyone really, really stubborn because sometimes it's also we who, who decide how we want to be. Yes. So sometimes I also decide, okay, I don't want to listen to my mom, so I'm going to have my way. <laughs> yes. You know? So I think in that sense, we have to, as parents, I'm not a parent yet, but as as someone who is a parent, should kind of like go to God and talk to him because that's kind of like the only way you can go into that whole mess and, and like even to correct that stubborn child because oh. sometimes even beating that child or even talking to them is not going to help but God is only the only one who can help in that whole situation yes. so I feel like the the main thing that also my mom taught us is like having God is like the first thing that you need yes. and even with raising a child or even building a home God is kind of like the center of it all Amen. and without him 
it's not really gonna work. If you're a stubborn child or not, it's 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 not gonna work. Well, let's continue. This is somebody um, is giving a comment again. The same Dickin or Dickin Osayende. He says, Our people get it wrong by using force instead of love for correction. Mm. This is where communication is very important. We must always create time to engage our kids mm. in discussion with love. For assessment, yeah. so he said, "Head to warum." That most of the time, people say warum warum like the kiss of okay. <laughs> Before you send them to something, they ask you warum like the one of uh, Dickiness uh, Caroline was asking, "Mom, do you need to? I uh, need to obtain permission from me." Is that? <laughs> yeah, I need to ask okay. permission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So now, was that like a culture shock to you? Have yeah. you ever had culture shock? Culture shock? Uh, no, because I already get into conversations with uh, you know trying to learn what's going on in relation to the laws regarding children so when she told me that I said ah, I know where is it coming from from school right so I had to find a solution for that in that situation so but like uh, uh, what we're saying here the challenges are the challenges are always there but like uh, the lady uh, the comment is is giving I think that's a general life issue. Mm. The issue of communication mm. is a general life issue. Mm. And not only us, Mm-mm. but every culture experienced that. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I was traveling from Rotterdam to here to, for, for work when I lived in Rotterdam. And in the, in the train, when you enter the train, what you see, people rush into the train, not because there is no space, mm. but they are looking to sit one, 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 one. Mm. These are the Dutch people, right? Mm. They sit one, 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 one. It's like they are scared of each other. They mm. don't want to talk, <laughs> you know? And there was a drunken uh, English person who came in. He mm. came in, he says, you these boring Dutch people. You can't talk to each other. He was just <laughs> screaming at them. So you can see that that's a different culture, that's but right, Africans yeah. like to talk, right? But then when it comes to the children, it's like, okay, um, what do I do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, what do I do? So generally, there's a general issue that the way we are brought up has an effect on the way we bring children up as well. However, the communication thing is not only in our culture, Mm -mm. it is also in this culture here. And I would say that, okay, dressing them in two culture is good because you expose them to other things that, Mm -hmm. that will prepare them for life in the future right in the future however the culture here it's it's if you are gonna train your children just with the culture Mm. here you can step back and look at how these children are sometimes 13 14 the disrespect sometimes Mm. you you see in these kids it's unbelievable yeah so you ask yourself the question don't they have parents these are not my grandchildren yes i'm not talking about my grandchildren i'm talking Mm. about the children here so don't they don't they have a culture of respect for adults Mm -hmm. but that is life right so when i look at that i say "Uh uh-uh that one i don't want for my children Mm -hmm. so you shunned it away and then you look at a culture that Mm -hmm. is good like the culture of okay we have we have time family time Mm -hmm. talk to the children okay you pick up that one and then you work with it so you go back to your own culture and look okay if spanking scripture actually says if you spare the rod yeah. you spoil the, the child yes. but how do you do it the thing is what i've come to understand is that to do it you have to be able to explain to a child i am giving you this 
<laughs> not as a punishment. Yeah. Let the child ex understand mm -hmm. that it's mm -hmm. not a punishment, mm -hmm. yeah. but that is a correction. Yeah. But you need to be, you need to get the mm -hmm. correction mm -hmm. because twelve years, thirteen years, I see them smoking. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. possible. Yeah. yeah, right. So you, we can all look at it. Is we take time, right? Yeah. In a relationship, they break out because people don't take time for each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I believe that if we can do ten minutes, maybe ten minutes a week. I have four kids, so I have to study each one of them yes. separately, yes. right? I have to find 10, 15 minutes a week with yeah. each one of them to talk, just to listen to them talk to me. Let me feel yeah. what they are feeling mm -hmm. inside. Mm -hmm. So that helps me to get an insight of what they are thinking. And there are four of them, I have twins, but they are completely different. Yeah. Right? They have different ways of responding to me. They have different ways of showing their love. Yeah. And so I have to respond to that, but it takes it all takes time. Yeah. So you have to invest the time and reap the, the harvest in the future. If yes. you don't, there are many things. There are televisions, there is uh, internet. There is, all these things will influence your child. Yeah. They are influencing the children. So unless you take time, anything that requires, if you need the children to grow up well, then you have to take the time. Yeah. Like, like the uh, young lady is saying, at the end of the day, God is the should center. be at the center of it all. Yeah. Because as a parent, you have a limited view of what's happening. Yeah. So if you can go down on your knees, for me, I always pray this prayer. If you want to pray that for your own children, pray it. I always pray this prayer. Father, let them become what you created them to become. Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. he's going to put things in place or yeah. put people in place yeah. that's yeah. going to help them one way or another yeah so if you want to pray that prayer pray it's a simple prayer but yeah. i think it works i want to add something that she just said that uh, the, the 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 games that they have the games also is a challenge because everything is here for the child so if you want the mother want to be free she just buy all those things or the father buy all those things for the kids and they are always occupied in their rooms and friends and all. And then the mother will be able to do everything they wanted to do. So at the end of the day, their eye is not on the child, what the child is doing, what habit is he bringing up and all. And also concerning the prayer, not only that every mother, even as we children, if we are a child of God, then we need to pray, be on our knees in this country. That even anything you tell your you tell your child, you have to tell God that the child needs to listen to you because you are the caretaker. Yes. God gave you this child, but the child is not for you. Mm. Yes. So one day you will give an account. And so every mother has to be on her knees or on her knees every day to pray that my child, Father, you alone, because if you don't build the builders bid in vain. And if you don't watch the watcher watch in vain. So that though and as we start praying, as she just said it, because at times she'll ask me question, mother, why? At times I, I do correct in when they were young, I beat them. Me, I do it. I spank them. And then later I'll talk to them. I said, No, I did this and this. And I spent a lot of time with them. Mm -hmm. A lot of time. We discuss. At times I'll call them together. What is the problem? I want you to talk to me. And they would tell me, Mommy, you do this, you do that. I said, okay, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And then later, I tell them that, you know, it's for your own good, this and this and this. And when I finish all this meeting with them, 
and talking to them later and I finish in the night ask them I don't sleep yes you go to pray I'm going to pray because when I look at the system and I look at even some uh, uh, some of their friends in school they are not their friends like this and I see how they are living I'm scared <laughs> so without God that is the problem that is the issue we are all facing we think we can do it by our strength but not with our strength we need him yeah. so, let me now my question is um do you feel lost as children uh you know having to have been born here i suppose and living with the african mother um do you feel some kind of problem in relating to her culture and the culture into which you uh, you are born have you had any issues with dealing with the two cultures <laughs> <laughs> Growing up, it was a bit difficult because, I mean, we were born in Germany and like our mom came from Ghana and Togo, so it was like, it was like, people always asked us like, where were you born because of, of, of our skin color, so it was a bit weird and we were like, Germany. <laughs> And then they ask further, but like, where were your parents born? And then we had to kind of like elaborate. And I don't know, like growing up, it was like always like we're German and we know it, but still people not accepting us as German was really weird, but we still accepted our African side because it's like our mom is African. Nobody's questioning that. Yeah, so no one's questioning that. It was only harder for us to accept that we were German just Thank because you. of the environment and that even people in school don't really see you as German because of the skin color. Yeah. So growing up it was really like facing these difficulties and knowing that I'm African and I'm also German. Even though I'm black, I was still born there. So that was kind of like a difficulty. Wow. So how did your mom help you handle this yes. kind of situation? How did she help you cope with it? That's a good question. I feel like when we, we were younger, we never really talked about it that much. No, yeah. So it was more like, we as kids always held stuff to ourselves. Did you tell her about some of the issues that we questioning where you come from, where you born? No, no. We never did. You never did? We never did. <laughs> I think most people don't really talk to their parents about it. I think it's, oh, it's an internal no, thing no. Yeah. that many people face and, and don't really talk about it. So how did that affect your seeing yourself as a part of, let's say, your class or the environment you were in before those questions were put? Did it kind of reduce your confidence level a bit, or did you in any way change your perception of your environment and the people around you at the time? Well, <laughs> um, I think when we didn't realize it, it was more like, we're like everyone else, so it doesn't really matter. Like, we're like yeah. every single person sitting yeah. in that classroom yeah. or maybe in the kindergarten. Right. But when you grow older, it's like, okay, let me just be with the people who are also black, yeah. but are also German at yeah. the same time. You can also relate yeah. with what I'm going through. And um, so I would say sometimes the environment of class people or even friends kind of like changed with time yeah. but now it's more like 
honored everyone because I accept who I am. And I'm German and I'm American, so that makes sense. Excellent. Wow. Okay. Awesome. You know, so have you had um, any culture shock? No. Can't have it. No. 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 Because, because <coughs> it is a, it is a, a tradition here. Whenever you mingle with or you're in, in a group with a white people, they like to do introduction. Mm. Where are you born? Or where were you born? Yeah. Who are you? The name and those. Yeah. So we are kind of uh, used to that. So whenever such question come up, you just handle it like as if it's normal thing. Yeah. You don't see any, you don't see anything uh, wrong in that. So you yeah. don't have to go home and think people are discriminating against you. They just want to know who you are. Then yeah. you have to be yourself. Yeah, I think with time that changed. Yeah. With time it was like, okay, they just want to know because they're curious and they just want to know how our culture functions. Yes. But I feel like when you're young, you don't really realize that. And it's like someone questioning who you are just because of your color. So that was just like, a weird thing growing up, but now it's like it's normal because yeah, we know how it functions. Whenever you yeah. gotta introduce yourself to people uh-huh. who are there, they know who you are. Yeah. And then, uh, what else do you want them to discuss here in Holland? What we talk about is about the weather. <laughs> so that thing is uh, the weather is cold or it's warm. So whenever you get that, the first thing they start when it's got the lack program, they ask you. I start to tell you who, who are you, who, where were you born? Yeah, you start before you're dead. It's already one hour. Then you go home. That day is gone. Yeah, the meeting close. <laughs> I wanted to say something that is very important that we are ignoring. You know, when the children are born here. The challenge is that they they, they have a black when the children are born here they have the mentality of this place mm-hmm. they are no more blacks even though that they are blacks mm-hmm. but they don't think like we yeah that is the challenge that the mother the parent we don't know and that also affect the children yeah and make them to spoil because we are we are taking the culture from Africa and we you want to tell the child you this is it. and the child is you know traumatized. Because you didn't hear that at school. <laughs> he has something else he, yes. he has something else at yes. school or on the street. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yes. Because they are born here, they are they are Dutch or, or if they are born in Germany, they are Germans. Yes. They can't think like black. That yes. one we the parent has to have that in mind. Like I have always yeah. said. It takes uh, the whole village to raise a child in Africa. Yes. Here, you alone with your children in the house. Uh-huh. When you tell them, because you you have to you have to give what you what you know what uh-huh. you have. You can't raise a child if you are if you are if you are raised in Africa and they come here to raise a child and say, "Why are you white? What do you know about uh-huh. white?" You have to be yourself. <coughs> so something like that. Um. Uh. Should, um. What is that I supposed to say again? Yeah, I've forgotten. Sorry. When they come up, up then I will say it again. Uh. When I, like, like raising children, um, uh, the whole the whole um, uh, uh, village to raise one child. Like yeah. I, I have always said, you tell your children, this is it. When they go outside, cause everywhere uh, another culture, mm. other cultures, mm. they don't know which to follow. Yeah. This one from Morocco. This one from um, uh, uh, the other side of Africa. Okay. Yeah, from Turkey. This one. The children get confused sometimes. That is why, if you Africans, wherever you live, you try to come together as to help the the the, the, the for the sake of those children, 
otherwise they get confused. Mm. Because when a child, if if in Africa, when you tell your child, when she or he goes outside, hear the same thing. Mm. They echo the same thing. My parents told me outside also. But when you hear something different in your house mm. and go, goes outside and hear something else, because everybody likes freedom. Mm. <laughs> Nobody who does not like freedom. We want to, uh, this year the mother bought him this uh, toy, the running one. Why you cannot buy it for me? Meanwhile, the mother, when she was small, nobody bought toy for her. <coughs> so, and they are telling me to go and buy toy for you. Uh -huh. Maybe they have told the, the woman, say, ah, this toy thing, no? Or you can send the money to Africa. And that's it. So, your child come home to tell you, she said, look at the money, I want to... Because sometimes also, we think more about Africa mm. than the children born here. Where I come from, I think we, we, we concentrate more on Africa. Uh -huh. The children born here, we don't think about them. That is where my own community, the way I see them. Understand? So we, when, a, when a child hears something in the house, it's good that the child goes outside also and hear from the uncle or the oh, yeah. auntie the same thing. Uh -huh. Then the child will say, yes, it's true. That is what my mother said is true. But when that child goes outside, uh, 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 what do say? Ah, African people are very hard, you know, they beat you. You better call police. And then that's what the child will take because I don't want to be beaten. I'll call police. But not knowing that the mother is uh, trying to, uh, to, to, to better her life the way she was being raised. So that's where the conflict always you know, comes in. Okay, let me read something from uh, Festa Imo, watching us on Facebook. She said, make your children your best friend Yes. And pray without season mm. for your children. Mm. So the deacon continued. Our mothers also need to prepare the kids to know that it is tough, but they need to stand on their feet mm. with good education. That is from deacon Osayende. So uh, the other was they make 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 your children your best friend mm. and pray without season. Your children. Yeah. Now I want to I want us to go a little bit uh, into the side of um, uh, culture shock. Is there any experience you've had with that? Have you ever had any experience with uh, culture shock? Because for me, I would like to know why the kids who are raised here don't normally greet. They don't like to when they see mm. see you in the morning or in the afternoon, <coughs> they're just looking at you. Mm. And you see that they don't know how to. Like in Africa, mm. we are raised to say, Oh, Auntie, good afternoon. Oh, yeah. uh, Uncle, good afternoon. Good afternoon, ma. But they will just say, Hi. Okay? <laughs> yes. Is it that they don't know how to greet or they are not okay. taught to greet? Mm. I, I pass when it comes to that one right now, because of internet, everybody's now with it. When I, if I tell that, when you go to Africa now, the younger ones have not, don't have time for the elder ones. This is what we what this is what I see every time I fight with them. No, they still greet. No, 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 no. This time around, the younger, the young, I mean, the younger ones don't greet these days. Uh, they let them hear. That's they what greet. I. See. They don't. They yeah, don't because of the internet. Everybody want to become. When they are talking about, it's not only in Europe that you learn, learn European um, uh, culture. From internet this time, when you go to Nigeria, people are copying. And when they are telling people, yeah. this is what you do in Africa. The African people are doing what is being done in Europe. Look at it right now. People, the children born will become confused. Because in Africa, they are copying Europe system right now. Where I come from, it looks like uh, speaking English is um, outdated. 
uh, speaking uh, the Igbo language. Every child wants to speak English, wants to speak American uh, English. That's what is happening these days. So what about that? When you go home, every I know a lot of my friends complaining that the younger ones, but uh, I don't know, if, did they learn this from school? Or when you were small, they told you that you have to respect your elders. And now you grow up and they become a, that you are changing. Is it what internet taught them or they pick it up? That's what I don't know. Yeah, the uh, greeting issue is also from the parents also. Oh, no. um, you mean when they greet hello or when they don't they see you, they don't greet at all? When they, when they, they see people. you, sometimes they don't greet. They don't greet. But now that they are not happy. Yeah. And sometimes when they see you, they just say hello. What, what, what I'm, I'm trying to say now is that uh, for the greeting, if they don't greet, because I've seen that with many children, they will just see you and then they will yeah, just pass. Exactly. Just pass hmm? But it's from the parent because why? When they were young also, especially this one doesn't speak. So immediately you greet or she sees somebody, you will not even mind you. And then I will drag her to the corner. I say, you don't do that. Oh. You need to greet. You don't see people and then you bypass. It doesn't show respect. It doesn't show respect. So I've been doing that for some. So were they taught in school not to greet? When I don't think so. When they see their teachers in school, don't they, do they not greet them? I don't think I so. I think the reason is that they, they are taught not to talk to strangers. Yes, yeah. They are taught oh, not but to talk to strangers. That one is different. That one is different. They are taught when you come to the teacher, you see them. But members, you have to. So now we are talking about familiarity, yeah. right? Yeah. So for them, even though I, I come to church, so if you don't teach them that the church is a family, yeah. they come there and they walk away and they, you know, they see all these people as strangers, right? <laughs> but again, <laughs> like she said, it has to do with, it has to do with the parents. Listen, in our culture, is that don't butterfly in the belly or be in a summer. Well, I'm sure you enjoyed the piece. I want to thank all those ladies uh, for the wonderful candid contributions uh, discussing this sensitive and important topic. All too soon, our time is up. I want to say bye-bye. And take good care of yourself. And God willing, we'll meet next week.